Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's up? It's Johnny King on the Johnny King Show, and I could not be more excited because I have here in the studio, aka my house, sitting on the couch, is my best man. Best? Best man. All right. Well, when you get married, married, I'm there, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm getting married. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for the honor. I appreciate that. (laughs) Exactly. I'm inviting you to be my best man. Uh, One of my best buddies, Dan Miners. Thanks for being here, brother. Hey, man. Good to be here. And we've got his, uh, his friendly dog. Faithful right companion, right there. The Wook. If you're uh, watching the video, you just got a quick view of the dog here. The sweetest dog ever, Wookie. That's right. Our That's mascot. Right. You know, it was uh, by the way, three years yesterday that he um, got he got kidnapped or dog napped in my car. Oh, that's Remember right. that story? Yeah, that's that was right. three years ago yesterday. Someone stole yeah. your car. Yeah, with so him in it. Someone stole my vehicle. It was summertime you know blazing 90 degree weather yeah i pulled up to a you know a coffee shop in the middle of the day to grab a an iced coffee i left the car running out front oh, with the air God. conditioning on um and yeah somebody somebody nabbed the the car with a minute and uh long story short uh the police found um they pulled over this guy and his girlfriend who had loaded the car up with all their stuff heading for the new mexico border and they had tampered with the plates and that's how they got pulled over and miraculously, you know, um, both he and the car were returned. So (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah. Just crazy, man. That was three years ago yesterday. That was three years ago yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So glad you're still here with us, buddy. He's a miracle dog, man. He's a miracle dog. Yeah. Yeah. Super sweet dog. Well, um, we met via, you know, yeah. Via a taco date. Taco bro date. Taco bro date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We met through mutual buddy and, uh, eating burritos, eating, uh, burritos, burrito bowls. And I, I, mean, I think I specifically remember just, uh, being able to connect with you. Um, through- just at like a, at a kind of like a deeper level right away. I think. Version. Yeah. There was like something that was there. Like <laughs> it was like this twinkle in your eye that, that definitely got me, uh, stirred up inside. <laughs> and uh all sorts of funny feelings going on oh, man. but you know and it's interesting you know kind of like but in a real sense it's like you know when you meet when you meet these when you meet people in your life and you, you just know there's like a certain vibration or certain yeah. like feeling that you're like you know i can i can allow myself to just be myself and i think we were just cracking jokes and just you know being <laughs> stupid right away and you know sometimes you you pull up the barrier when you when you first meet somebody and yeah. you think you have to like kind of like use your filter and feel people out right and i think with uh with you and i for example it was just kind of like this on the same page we had a lot in common seemed like we had some like you know past history stuff that we that we spoke about uh, one thing being like personal development personal growth was mm-hmm. was one of our um our key interests and so yeah i think it's yeah it's like anytime you meet somebody especially um i i think with friendships with with men um I found it in the past. It can, there can be some barriers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that too, where it may be, you may be meeting someone, but may even like, I even get that feeling sometimes just by 
um, like being on dating apps, for instance, hmm. like I'll just be swiping as, you know, crappy as that is that that is the world we live in today. Um, but I'll swipe to someone and I'll be like, just even something about her energy in her pictures. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I meet them. I'm like, sure as hell. Like there's something special and unique about them. And it's, uh, I think you just had me at hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had you at had you at intuition yeah you know yeah yeah not to mention so, you went straight into the perverted jokes and i was like i mean that's right. always the icebreaker yeah. right i think that's that's always the bro code if you will to um how much can you try to offend or gross <laughs> out you know the other guy to see like when's when's a, when's he's a, gonna tap out it's a shit test yeah 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 definitely version yeah and you test. passed it in flying colors thanks man yeah and here we are and here we are you know, three years later or such <laughs> or such. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining me. I mean, we, I mean, if you had, if you were, if you're watching the video of, of this podcast, um, you know, it's just nights ago and several weeks ago and, you know, we are sitting here kind of doing the same thing, just not recording it. <clears throat> so that's what I love about this podcast. Um, Cause I do feel like there's oftentimes that, whether it be women or other guys, it's like, man, if I could be a fly on the wall of these types of conversations. Mm. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people are, well, they're just, they're just surprised that men have these types of conversations, not maybe this type of conversation, but yeah. a conversation that can go from laughter and stupidity and perversion and hilarity to depth. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's the type of guys that we are and that, we attract into our lives. So why don't you give a little bit of background of just who you are and your life story and the, the education you've gotten and mm-hmm. shamanism, which is kind of unique. Uh, yeah. I don't have too many other guys that have done that type of work. And Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, man, um, the brief summary, if you will, yeah. um, you know, I, I went to college, had a business degree in marketing and, um, right out of college, I, I moved to LA, got the mm-hmm. big city experience and, um, ru- you know, quickly got burnt out from the, just the, the, the energy of it, like just overwhelming, um, people and the busyness of, what, of, of uh, Los Angeles uh, when I moved to LA. Yeah. So it was, um, an experience, a good, a uh, good experience to have, you know, the big city life and, and the hustle and bustle. And I, I quickly moved back to Denver and, and found one of my callings of, you know, connecting with people and going to the bars and like doing that thing was, was my calling back then. So I became a nightclub promoter and, um, basically was in that industry from nightclub to, um, working for different beverage brands. So working with Coors at one point, working with Red Bull at one point, and it was all about, you know, being social, connecting with people, having conversations, and, you know, interesting, you know, alcohol was such a focal point of that. Like for many people, it's very social. And then um, I just, I, I kind of woke up one day and started asking myself questions like, is this what I really want long-term after a decade of that? And um, I started really tapping into more of like spirituality, doing yoga, doing meditation. Um, I dated a yoga instructor. I mean, if you want to get woke, that's certainly one way to do it. <laughs> they kind of bust you open. And, um, you know, for me, it was really starting to go down that path where then I kept hearing the word, you know, shaman um, and shamanism. And it was just something that piqued my interest. I really didn't know what that was. I thought it was just like, you know, a deer that shakes a rattle and, 
you know, dances around a fire mm-hmm. and like touch your healed Jesus type of thing. Right. Yeah, right. And, and, um, you know, I, I didn't know. And I had introduced, that introduced me to a workshop back in 20 circa 2011, 2012. Okay. And it was, um, it was on Peruvian shamanism. And so I'm like, okay, what's this about? And, and really that to me, that was the introduction to personal growth. Um, they talk about the medicine wheel and there's four directions of the medicine wheel. So anytime you see like the four directions, like in a lot of even um, like native American art or any indigenous art, they use the cross or the medicine wheel as a way to um, start to go into directions of personal growth. So like the South direction is where you start. It's about breaking free of your, your uh, patterns, identifying limiting beliefs, shedding your skin, um, shedding the past, uh, and then in the West directions about like really going into the internal part of, of who you are and um, like starting to uh, let go of like toxicity. So it can be physical to- toxicity. It could be mental toxicity. So the purge. And then as you go into the North, it's about tapping into your passion. Like what are your gifts? Who are you really like? What are you really here to bring to the planet and not just checking the box off of like having a job? Um, and then the East direction is like where you complete the wheel where it's all about vision and um, being clear on, on the path that you're, you're, you're intending to set forth and like creating your reality, living in the future. So yeah, that was, that was all kind of part of the um, stepping into that uh, shamanism and, and what that's about. And then, you know, uh, and what ensued after that was like my, cause my life was pretty good. You know, I'd say, you know, really sensing into, I don't really have a lot of issues, you know, except for I was like dealing with some anxiety, depression for years, but it wasn't like debilitating. It was just kind of annoying. Yeah. And then I, I think anytime, like, well, my experience and what I've witnessed for others is like, anytime you kind of start that path of personal growth, it is like the call to more. Right. So there's, there's almost like, if you, re- if you really want to change yourself, you want to have transformation at some point, the bottom is going to fall out. And for me, it did because that's when uh, I quit my job. I just couldn't handle the the corporate world anymore. Yeah, I um, uh, I lost a relationship. It just it just kind of living girlfriend just kind of totally shattered. Um, I found myself, you know, in a corporate position, making like eighty k a year with benefits and an expense card, like running cards for, you know, dinners and and everything to. Gosh, I mean, at one point living, uh, living at home with my parents at 35 years old with debilitating depression and anxiety. And, um, around that time, um, gosh, like we met a couple years ago. So there was a path of like going into men's work, doing men's group, going to like counseling, all that kind of stuff. And then when we met was really a pinnacle of personal growth because Johnny introduced me to uh, Sci seminars, uh, or PSI. And that's where it really took my, my personal growth to the next level as far as, taking a really deep look at um, an inventory fuel. It's like they talk about life success, life yeah. inventory of yeah. what's working, what's not. And I'd say that was a huge catalyst for me breaking through of my bullshit, yeah. you know, and taking responsibility. Yeah. And so it was interesting, like starting the path of the shamanism practice and then going into personal growth with groups and, and seminar work. Um, it just became a passion of mine to like, continue to, to pursue what the path is it's yeah. uh if if you've been listening to any of my other podcasts i think it's not surprising how much 
Dan and I have in common because what he just talked as his journey was like, yeah, that was pretty much my journey too. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot in, in that sense. And I think I met you shortly after even I just had my first introduction into shamanism, which I did like a four or five day course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've gone in, into this too much, but I did down in, in Brazil mm-hmm. um, through a Tony Robbins week long adventure. Mm-hmm. And we were doing it like right in the Amazon jungle. Um, and yeah, you never told me that. Yeah. I did t- huh. uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I ever did. But yeah. I'm saying, yeah, we were, we were given the option of either doing like four or five days with a green beret learning outdoor adventure or outdoor survival skills mm-hmm. or learning from this got the guitar uh, expert who could teach you how to play, play the guitar in a, like a non-traditional way in like, mm. so that you were decent, you were pretty decent within four or five days yeah. or you could learn shamanism. And I, and I knew I could do the other two pretty easily, but to be in the Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, and to take that oh, on, yeah. was going to be a lot more out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been, eager to learn more about spirituality and things like that. Um, but it was quite the introduction, you know, cause I mm-hmm. literally went into a group of like, I guess maybe there's 60 of us, um, with this woman and I guess there were a couple of different teachers who would come in and, and rattle their stuff and do different blessings and smudge the room and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, what the hell? And then other people were like, being possessed and you know like i was like you know i'm supposed to be like with my eyes closed having this journey and i'm just have like one eye open like what is going on right you know yeah uh but there was part of that is like i like the opportunity of being totally out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. surrendering to an experience of that's like gonna certainly stretch me where the other two were in within my wheelhouse you know um and so that that was quite the experience and not that we did any type of ayahuasca or anything like that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting and I had some very cool journeys and some really cool visualization stuff, um, Mm -hmm. without even being under the influence of any type of psychedelics or anything like that. And that, that definitely piqued my interest when you first brought it up. I'm like, Oh, I think that again, a lot of our stories kind of coincide in different ways, you know? Right. So that's pretty dope. So, now you find yourself doing what in your life? Not only doing what, but like, what are you in search of? Where do you feel like you are as a man? Yeah, you know, and I think that's where our paths cross again. Um, you know, I, I'd say that, you know, we grew up in a generation of uh, of men who have a hard time having the conversation, you know, a hard time of, of opening up, being vulnerable, um, maybe their the ego to, to have a sense of being strong. Mm-hmm. of um having something to prove and i think that's just you know a generation passing down to generation and so you know one of my passions is um you know kind of being uh, showing up as a leader mm-hmm. in you know uh, the movement towards a healthier masculine mm-hmm. and how do we start to co-create the um the like the new future of how we show up as men mm-hmm. um empowering each other empowering our communities in a, in a way that we are actually showing up fully like as, you know, heart, uh, heart centered men who are compassionate, who are caring, who can um, show the love and vulnerability to our partners, um, you know, to our families 
and it's it's you know letting go of that that shedding that ego shedding societal um you know dialogue or norm of how we're supposed to show up and you know the the even the roles that we that we take as providers and having to be strong and not show emotion so it's really just breaking up a lot of these stigmas and a lot of patterns mm-hmm. And and it's not necessarily like we need to agree on what like what it is to be a man. Like we write it down on paper and we sign it and say this is what it what it's meant to be. But it's more just how do we just like anything else, like even the the topics today of uh, of race and diversity. It's like how can we all show up um, as as human beings or as men or like agreeing on what what the the the, the new I guess like energetic way of showing up so that we all can have our celebrate our diversity celebrate our differences and acknowledge that we all have different backgrounds and at the same time like we all want the same things like Mm -hmm. a heart like we all want love like Mm -hmm. we all want uh connection and we all want you know equality to a sense so it's those are things that are inherent in in our in our humanness and so for me it's continuing that path of um that pursuit Mm-hmm. you know and i think with with men for it is just and i know we share that i think that's just kind of the the part that really is my is my driver because uh i've i've, I've experienced it and then doing men's work and, and connecting with guys like you just to see how toxic masculinity or how um we've been shaped through um the immature masculine or the or the yeah. tyranny like the tyrant king if we're looking at archetypes we can um we can be a victim to that. And it's not necessarily a conscious thing. It's more of a unconscious thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what, what drives a lot of our similar interests too, is that <laughs> we've seen it within ourselves. We see it within each other yeah. of, of when we haven't gotten it right, mm-hmm. you know, and what it looks like uh, to experience life kind of from the, the, the shadow side, the not so, <laughs> light side of of masculinity yeah. and how that's wreaked havoc on physical mental um health relational health financial mm-hmm. health everything yeah it's very pervasive when when it's not in alignment and yet in those times when we i'll speak for myself in those times where i have felt like i've been able to to really get in the flow and start to to be very clear about what journey i'm on and to 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 push aside all the distractions and the temptations, man, I find so much flow and things happening without much effort, which is kind of like, Oh, it doesn't have to actually be this hard. It's, it's difficult because for me personally, I didn't have that great sense of like, this is how to be a man right? type example growing up. Yeah. So I've had to figure it out yeah over the last 10, 15 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's been similar to you, but, Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think a lot of it comes from to I mean, men, men seeking, like we're seekers, yeah. right? We're hunters yeah. at, at heart. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, for me, it was like, what books can I pick up on, you know, how to be a man? You know, there's so many that are out there that talk about masculinity and what it is to be the modern man. And, you know, they're, they're in theory, like there's all a great information out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And one can sit down and educate and, um, and and do the research and go online but for me in my experience like it, it the rubber doesn't hit the road until you actually start like the conversation unless you start the interaction so um you know i i, I know you and i share the 
the passion for men's work and, and men's work isn't so much, I, I don't know like how you would even define that for me. I would define it as, as a way for, for men to connect and to, to support and hold each other accountable for our actions. Right. So for example, I mean, it's, you know, we can have all the best in the world. Um, however, if we're doing it by ourselves and that's so many men who, in my experience, especially I can speak for myself where we tend to, to say like, I'm strong enough to do this on my own. I mean, I, I'm capable of doing it on mine. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to do it on mine. I'm going to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. And you know, that, that can only carry you so far. And, and just as anything else, like when you work as a team, as you work in community, <laughs> you can go so much further when you have the support of a brother and right. you have, um, someone say, Hey, like, did you go on that mountain bike ride that we talked about yeah. the last time we got together, you know? And, um, cause then it's like, not to shame a man if you didn't, yeah. uh, do what he said he was going to do yeah. more about like, Hey, like I'm supporting you because you said this one thing was important to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, did you do it? And if you didn't, then it's almost digging a little bit deeper, asking the question of like, well, what showed up for you? You know? Um, and, and a lot of times uh, we have our excuses, we have our reasonings and underneath is, is the shadow. Right. And we can, we can identify, okay, well, gosh, like if we can identify the shadow, maybe we can bring some light so that we can push through that. So we can start really moving into that vision of who we want to become. We actually start living the life that we say we're going to live through our actions. Mm -hmm. Right. I was going to say too, it makes me think of, you know, there's, there's the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Um, and he talks about how masculinity can only be bestowed by the masculine. Um, and, and, and I've said this in past podcasts and on different types of social media posts and things like that. It's, it has resonated because for, for me to, you know, he talks about in the book how oftentimes the shadow side of the masculine will take his big question, which is like, am I enough? Mm. Am I man enough? And he takes it to the feminine mm. because most of us have been raised by the feminine, mm -hmm. you know, and the feminine can't answer that question for us. And I remember it being like, especially in college, you know, I was extremely competitive and playing, you know, multiple sports and, like I would have, you know, these various soccer games, which my mom rarely ever missed a game, you know, she would travel hours to come to watch my collegiate games and stuff like that. And I just remember some games in particular, I would have, have had a horrible game. And of course, mom is always there like, sweetie, you did such a good job. You know, you ran <laughs> so fast, like the, <laughs> the bar of like pride or, you know, right. that sort of thing for a mom is like, the fact that you just kick the ball, you yeah. could be three years old and she'd be like, yay. You can, and you can do no wrong. <laughs> no, exactly. Your mom's when, boy. When in my mind, I'm mm -hmm. like, I just had a really shitty game. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and we're in those moments. She was like, no, sweetheart, you, you did really well. Like you played really great. I'd be like, I didn't want to hear it, you know, because I didn't, even if it's almost like, even if I had had a good game and she told me I had a great game, there's part of me that wouldn't, believe it or it just wasn't fulfilling for me versus my coach who would either challenge me when I had crappy games, you know, and go back and look at game tape or he'd say like, Hey dude, you played really well. It meant so much more to me in certain situations. You yeah. Know? Not yeah. that my mom's, you know, blessing and, and love and that sort of thing didn't 
you know, resonate because it certainly did. But there came a time but like I definitely was I was yearning for more of that masculine uh, mentorship and appreciation, you know, yeah. and yet I very rarely got it. So I kept on going. I found myself, whether it be my mom or women, you know, uh, girlfriends, I should say, intimate partners, Mm -hmm. or just friends, teachers, like I kept on looking to them for that validation. Am I enough? Yeah. And uh, and I I could never find it there. Mm. And it took me, you know, the better part of my adult life now to figure out that that's just not an answer I should be taking to the woman, to the feminine. Dude, you're absolutely right. And uh, I really resonate with that because I I definitely found in my journey that, you know, through my healing and through my, my path to my better self-understanding, I always gravitated towards women Mm. as far as um, women, uh, therapists, Mm. coaches. um, I, I, I find myself, you know, before I do really doing personal development work, um, like needing the validation or needing this from women. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd say like, and how that showed up in relationships was um, showing up as, as a man who was wounded and um, in the sense that I felt broken. And like, I now know that like none of us are broken. We just have wounds that we, we, um, we need to focus on healing. Yeah. yeah. And and I, and I could find myself in relationships where, you know, getting super deep, getting super connected, getting super vulnerable and also like sharing my shit, you know, sharing like, you know, here's where I'm insecure and here's, and here's all these things. Um, and, and, and learning after quite a few relationships that gosh, like I just dumped like all this on my partner. Yeah. And that's not unhealthy. That's a very unhealthy thing to do that I learned. And it's one thing to like, yeah, be open, be vulnerable. And then you can share yourself. Um, but like that needed to be with more of a coach or therapist. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like I was needing the validation to just say like, you know, here's my deepest wounds. Can you make me feel better through love? Mm-hmm. And that love can be through, you know, this, this sense of having a partnership. It can even be through sex, yep. you know? And I think that where, um, in my experience that I've even kind of like, I guess my judgment of, of other men's experiences where when we come wounded and we don't come with a sense of fulfillment or self-love, we're really not coming fully into a relationship. Right. And, and I'd say w- with all of this, really a lot of my path had come to right before I met you, mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and it, it was doing the same thing. It's yeah. just that same pattern, that yeah. cycle of, um, I was entering a relationship where I was not full in my heart and I was feeling broken and I was feeling lost and depressed and all these things. And I was really dumping that on her and, you know, she's telling me, Oh, you're great. And you're a great guy. And, you know, but nobody, you know, nobody can believe that except myself until I can really find that place of acceptance. And, and then finally she told me we we're breaking up. She was just like, you know, I can see you, I can see like, you know, the man that you are and you're a great guy you don't believe it, which is unfortunate. And like, you're never going to have a successful relationship until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't like, uh, not going to get in a relationship until yeah. you love yourself. It wasn't, it was very, it was very endearing. Right. Yeah. And then, um, that's when I came to a place in my path where I was like, man, like all this depression, all this anxiety, all this not enough talk was not only of like 
not loving myself, but it was also like a self-loathing, a self-hatred mm. and like deep shame for, um, I guess just maybe just existing, which is weird. Right. And I wonder how many other men experience that. And, and then literally three months later, I think is when I met you two or three months later and you introduced me to, you know, to the side work. Mm-hmm. And that, that's all about self-love. That's yeah. all about yeah. like taking yeah. acceptance of it all. And so, yeah. um, I think when it comes to it, like when we start to have the conversations too, like you mentioned earlier and like the talk about, um, like even guys getting together and why it's important to get together yep. and with, uh, with the absence of, of the feminine or the, the women, because I actually had a, a friend, um, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, a, a woman and she was like, wait, so what's men's work about? And like, why don't you guys have females there? You know? And, uh, I, I kind of got stunted there for a second. I was like coming up with excuses cause she's like, she made some good points as far as, um, you know, why, why can't you just be open and all these things? And it's, it's more just like, because we can go, we can bounce back. Cause I know like in our conversations, we can get like immature at times mm-hmm. and then make, make crack a joke of like maybe something as toxic masculinity or like bro talk, but we catch ourselves and we like, we don't mean it, but then like we challenge ourselves like, dude, why are we saying this? Like, is that what we really want? Is that what we really want to say? And you know, if we don't have, I think if we don't have the absence of the feminine there, to fear the judgment, to fear like if we falter in our conversation and we falter within like, are we saying the right thing or not saying the right thing? It almost like it's become this like experiential conversation mm-hmm. that we're allowed to fuck up, allowed to be ourselves in our, in our full manhood and our masculinity. But then like it takes the courage and I, I'd say like a sense of, of enough uh, awareness so that like, you know, you may say something and I might be like, yeah, let me challenge you a little bit as you do to me, mm-hmm. because it's not about us stroking our egos and saying like, Hey, like, dude, you're totally right. You know, like you were totally right in that relationship. She, you know, she's the one that messed up. Right. It's more like, um, and I know recently you told me about the relationship I was currently in. You really, out of anybody I talked to, you, you challenged me on like my, my thought process and what was showing up. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciated that. And I think that's where, as we grow, as we grow into our relationships and our brotherhood, yeah. that's what we need. We don't need the affirmation to going back to like us making feel better, feeling better about ourselves yeah. and about acknowledgement and, and feeling enough like that. Those are great, but it's, then it's the next level challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the feminine does. And it's, it's was so beautiful. I mean, none of us would be here. None of us would be here with, the, the selflessness of the feminine, which is oftentimes putting the needs of others ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Right. It's a double edged sword though. I mean, my mom passed away because she put the needs of her five children and everyone else ahead of her and her health failed her, you know? Yeah. Uh, because her way of then kind of like rewarding herself after a day of constantly giving to others, she was giving to herself through late night eating. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the feminine, there's that double-edged sword and there's certainly a double-edged sword. It's probably like we said, the, the light and the dark, call it the double-edged sword to the masculine and the feminine. But I feel like to me, and I've gotten those questions too. A lot of times it's like, what, you know, since I'm doing a lot of men's only meetings every single month and men's only events, like why, why aren't women allowed to be there? And cause I feel like though the, the feminine and don't get me wrong, the feminine is not just women. There's certainly men that are in, my men's groups were 
to their core more feminine than they are masculine. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And yet they identify themselves as men. And it's, uh, if that's the, you know, if that's the case, then they're more than welcome to be there. But ultimately I feel like the feminine a lot of times for me is such a safety net. Mm. And it was like, because I know that no matter like whether I have a great game or a bad game, my mom being in her feminine would be like, I love you regardless. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I don't need you to, to, it's unconditional in that sense. Totally. Like you don't have to, yeah. I don't have to challenge you to mm-hmm. be any better, any of that stuff. And yet then there's the other flip side of the coin is I think all of us men and women, just human nature is that we always want to improve that if we're not growing, then we're dying. So there's right. that, that need for both unconditional love for who we are right now, but also then the challenge to be better. Yeah. And so I feel like for me, since most of us men have had more steady, let's say feminine or female people in our lives to, to keep us in check and to raise us and everything else, mm-hmm. um, to have women in the room sometimes it makes it all that more easy to fall back into old behavior yeah, and to not be challenged. And, to, and a lot of times men just change their behaviors when there's a woman in the room. I was just going to say the other thing. No, that's the other part. <laughs> like, you know, let's, let's be honest. Like we're, we're still primal at heart. Yeah. And if um, we're distracted by an attractive woman yeah. or even the female energy, we're, 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 we're not present, right? Like we're, we're probably thinking about animalistic sex, like, you know, we're thinking like, how do I, maybe I should say something a little bit different to, right. you know, look a little bit stronger, like a man to attract this woman. And that's, that's subconscious. Totally. That's not a conscious thing. Again, it goes back to our, our primal instinct. It's distracting. Yeah. And <laughs> it's totally distracting. And I think one thing you said really um, it reminded me of, of a story that I believe is in uh, the book, King Warrior, Magician Lover. Yeah. And it's about the four archetypes of the masculine. Yeah. And they talked about the way that men used to have a rite of passage. Right. And, and um, in, I guess, the historical sense or even the tribal sense, right, a passage would be men that are uh, literally or boys that are taken away from the, the mothers in the village in a sense by the men in the village during the middle of the night. It's not planned. Mm-hmm. And these boys are literally taken on, on a journey to go survive out in the wilderness to learn how to hunt. Um, to learn how to survive, mm-hmm. to um, literally learn from the men in the tribe how to become men. Mm-hmm. And it, it's through that um, fear of being torn away from their mothers, which is, again, that, that comfort zone, that mm-hmm. safety, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, it's sensing that, that separation and that fear and not knowing what's going to happen mm-hmm. and being put through the trials mm-hmm. and the tests. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, after the amount of time that they're gone, whether it's weeks or a month, I, whatever, again, duration it is, they come back having learned um, what it is to uh, survive in that or to grow from that experience yeah. as, as a fully, as a fully capable man. And like now we have, you know, we don't have that race of passions in our culture. You know, a lot of times it's like, Oh, you graduated college. You're a man. You go yeah. to the military, you, yeah. you get a job, yeah. um, gang initiations, yeah. right? There's a lot of different ways, but we still don't have, not even quite like women do, which is, right. you know, you have your first period and well, you're now a woman. Yeah. You know, like that is your kind of rite of passage mm-hmm. for, for, for women, I feel like, and men don't necessarily have that so much, you know? I mean, I wasn't even talked to or, or you know, told about sex or masturbating or any of that. Mm-hmm. Puberty. Right. I just was like, what the hell is going on with me, you know? Yeah. 
little little horn dog yeah like what, what's this feeling i got going down here <laughs> yeah. what do i do with it yeah 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 so i think that's that is the the case and there's multiple other angles for for why i feel like men's work is so important because there is something just as women could probably say there's something truly special about women's work women mm-hmm. just supporting each other you know having you know girls nights or retreats you know vacations mm-hmm. just with women is mm-hmm. it's just different than if there were men there you know and it's yeah. the same way and it's, and it's not to say that we don't honor and cherish the feminine and women in our lives we absolutely do it's just one of those things that it it's not as effective with the feminine presence because i believe there's nothing more powerful than a woman fully in her feminine because we could be the the most alpha of alpha guys mm-hmm. and have that fully feminine woman in her, you know, in her presence and in her strength walk through and we could be watching ESPN or we could, and we'd all be like, uh, you know, it just is captivating. Sure. And that's, that's the hard part to, to stay focused <laughs> on the healing work when the feminine is, is present in my humble opinion. Yeah, and and I think um, I I think what in my my observation of it all is the the men are kind of late to the party, <laughs> kinda in this in this scenario, right? Yeah. I think um, centuries, and it, it's almost like in my <laughs> mind, it's not until you're oppressed and to a, to the limit where then you start getting angry and you start speaking up and you start pushing back. Do you think that's what's going on? To me, that's what I, that's what I experienced because uh, I mean, you, even now with everything going on um, with black lives matter and you have, um, you know, a lot of the, um, the, so, uh, like the, the movements back in the sixties and you have Martin Luther King and you have even the women's rights movements. So it's like, you know, this is a difficult, difficult conversation to have. And sometimes I want to be really careful with my words because as a white male, um, you know, we have been privileged, like, and I can admit that. And it's nothing that I take and I'm proud of. It's something that has been ingrained in my, in my self-conscious, right. Through society. And this is, this is more about if I'm aware of this, what steps can I, can I take to, um, you know, to, to open up myself into being, being less objectified and being more, more aware to what's going on and taking responsibility for that. Right. So, and I, I would say that as, as for men, 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 men have had all the rights. Like, let's, let's, let's be honest about it. Right. Like there's always there, we've never had a woman president, you know, we've had men dominating. It's, we've been in a, um, a cycle in, in human history where, where the leaders were the warriors were this and that. And, and, and women have just been in essence, like the child bearers and, and that's all changing. And, and I say that just more of like a, a blanketed statement. And I know there's a lot of uh, women uh, CEOs and, and leaders that are stepping forward and we need yep. that. And I almost yep. like somebody wrote the other day on like a meme is like, you know, we need women to take over men have like fucked this thing up for, for centuries, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and I would, and I would agree to a sense. It's not saying like we need to have a woman present, but it's like, we need to have that compassion we need to have like whatever leadership it is. It's 
it is the balanced masculine. It is the balanced mm -hmm. feminine. Mm -hmm. It's not the ego stroking that we have right now in their leadership in our country. It is not the, you know, I'm, mine's bigger than yours. Or if you do this, like we have big shiny missiles and guns, you yeah. know, like that, that's, those are fear tactics. So I say like men have come late to the party because we haven't been persecuted. Mm -hmm. And now I would say maybe in the last decade we have, we have like, you know, the, um, the men that have, uh, been called out on their infidelities or, um, you know, their behind the scenes practices, um, you know, all the shady stuff going in government. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that the men have been exposed and there's been some shaming there and there hasn't really been a lot of rebuttal. There hasn't really been like a man stepping forward um, being, Oh, maybe Kobe Bryant when he, when uh, that, when it went down with his wife and uh, he was doing infidelity, he did make a public speech, mm -hmm. but some men, you know, like they run and hide. They don't actually speak you know, for, they don't take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So I think part of it is like men are starting to get persecuted and I think it's more of a shame aspect because the, the, some of the dialogue are men are dogs um, you know, they're, uh, they're domineering, they, they're, they're selfish, they're, um, uh, uh, what's like the, like, what's, what's the, like, Tony Stark when he's like, he's just like, he thinks he's just better than everybody else when you're a narcissist, right? Yeah, like, narcissist, yeah. not, not, I'm knocking Tony Stark, I think Tony Stark's cool shit, but, but it's like the narcissism, right? Where it's like, it's one thing to be confident and to be positive of yourself. It's another thing to like use that to put others down and to like make people less than. Mm -hmm. And I think we're at that point where we've seen generations of that and guys like you and I, like who have experienced that as far as almost being victimized of like, gosh, like I don't want to show up that way, mm -hmm. you know? So how do we start to show up? So I think we have like almost been like secretly hiding in our, in our dark rooms with our, with our buddies in men's groups like being like, Hey, like, are you feeling this way too? Cause like, I'm feeling a lot of shame and I feel a lot of guilt and I don't really know how to say this, you know, to my partner or my, um, to the public. So it's almost like we've been kind of doing the work behind the scenes. And I think now is the time, like now is the time for men to start, you know, speaking up, talking about the experience, doing the healing and, um, you know, cause we don't need another repressed, um, type of person in this planet right now right, we right, don't right yeah. and i've said it before and i'll say it again i do feel like it's like if 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 now is not the time <laughs> well then all we end up doing is is just paying it forward to the next generation or generations until someone there or some generation decides to finally take responsibility so yeah that's not that's just not how i live my life in terms of of playing below the line or, or being a victim uh, and passing the buck, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I think you might, you, me, a lot of the, the buddies that I see coming out of the woodworks are, are not willing to settle for a less than optimal life. It's just figuring out how to, how to create that is a lot easier said than done. You know, that's the challenge. Totally. And I think it's trial by fire. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause none of us got it right. None of us got it perfect. And, you know, I think about the times we are right now and, and you and I have done a lot of leadership work, right. And a lot of, um, stepping into our community, stepping into yeah. the voice. And I was thinking about this the other day, you know, we're living in a time that's very similar to the sixties and, um, like, are we ever going to see another John Lennon? 
You know, are we ever going to see another Martin Luther King in our time? Is there somebody that is that we're waiting for to step up or is this the time for guys like you uh, and for me and, and some of the men that are listening to this podcast and, and even women that are listening to this podcast because we have, we're in a time where information is, is so it's in real time and that we're, we're all developing these like individual leadership qualities that, you know, where the change happens is, is this, this, it starts with this conversation and then the ripple effect. It isn't going to be top down. This isn't right. like, you know, government changing our policies. And I mean, that will get there, but it starts with us yeah. and it starts with even the protests that are going on right now, you yeah. know, like, Hey, we've had enough. This is what's showing up. This is like what, what's not working and let's move towards what's working mm-hmm. and, um, and, and holding steadfast to that. Because, you know, this, this warrior energy that's showing up right now is it's protecting, mm-hmm. it's protecting and it's defending human rights, it's mm-hmm. defending who we are, um, either as the masculine or the feminine. And, and it's really about, we've had enough. And this is the time where we're, we're demanding a change, we're demanding transformation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what's the powerful part about this, where everybody can show up with that john lennon that martin luther king that gandhi sense of energy mm-hmm. and that we all are making that change yeah that's uh it's about time <laughs> but it's the right you yeah because uh, i think we do have all the the tools and the awareness um that we could ever ask for and the, and the abundance i do feel like past mm-hmm. generations they're at no fault really because life was not i mean the fact that, again that we have this which Mm -hmm. literally can answer any question i have for the most part you know not the questions of like how do i seek happiness or what is happiness but like all the other things that you can ask google whereas in all other past generations it's just been a lot more like hand to mouth it's it's just Mm -hmm. survival you know because there's just crazy stuff going on in the world and live in this time of of such human abundance but then conversely in such a time of great human sorrow and pain, like we, we've never been in mass. We've never been as in pain as we are uh, in recordable, recordable human history as we are right now. And I think yeah. that's not coincidental that it's because we have so much abundance mm. and we have so much information and we have such little wisdom. Yeah, And so I feel like that's a big part of this podcast, a lot of the work that I do, which is not so much like, oh, I'm imparting my wisdom to you men. It's like, hey, let's all get together collectively and, and let's see if we can all become wiser by saying, what works for you? What has, you know, it's, it's like a mastermind. Totally. Versus all of us as Lone Ranger men or mm-hmm. women going through life thinking we're going to have to figure it out. You know, I mean, right. how many friends of mine or family members if I had a child and, and what do they think they're going to figure it out all on their, all on their own? No, they'll call mom and dad if that's available, or they'll call other friends, those that have had children ahead of, you know, ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Say, what do you learn? What are your tips? Like that's, that's ultimately I think what we do. And then we just have to pass it on, uh, you know, to, to future, the future boys and girls of tomorrow right absolutely man and i think at times we forget that like you said the the inquisitiveness that we have as children asking questions and then we we turn to teenager and then it's like we want to break away yeah it's like oh i got this on myself and then isn't until we 
uh, mature. And then we go back and like, I even go back to my parents now and ask them questions and wisdom, but for maybe a good 20 to 30 years, it's yeah. like, no, like I can do this on my own. I yeah. don't need you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I like the idea we talked about this mastermind because it is, there, there is going to be, and you know, this starts now, there is going to be that we're, the men can start to match the conversation with, with the women. So the masculine, the feminine co-creating this paradigm yeah. because we do need to actually at some point start talking to each other yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the importance of having, you know, our, in, our individual work to, you know, get the feedback and get the support. And, um, you know, I, I think what I believe about where we are in these times and there's a lot of indigenous cultures and, 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 and talk about, where we are as a human species, like this evolution of, of growth and that like we all are experiencing this sorrow. We're all experiencing this like pain um, because we have to heal as uh, a collective masculine and feminine um, all races, all religions. We have to find this place of ultimate like awareness that we are all, all one, you know, as, as the hippy dippy, you know, like, parade around the fire like there is a sense of that like if you really think about it we're in the same damn fishbowl right we are all human beings it doesn't matter there's nothing separates us we're all flesh and bone mm -hmm. so i think like if if we are at this crux of that human evolution and awareness that oh my gosh like we're literally all in this together mm -hmm. how can we find that common ground how do we find that healing and and like start shedding the past of um, the tyranny and the persecution mm -hmm. and, and the wars and the slavery and all these things that have really just kept people down. Um, the prisons, uh, some of the laws, like all these things are just constructs in my opinion, to keep people separated mm -hmm. and to keep people down. And so I think we're at this crucial time of like, how do we uplift each other? How do we really start to grow and like make everybody on this planet a leader, make everybody in this, in this world um, responsible for, for their own. Um, I mean, responsible for their own thoughts mm -hmm. and, and ways of thinking so that we can then change through our actions. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in, in, in closing, it does, it does come down to us, of course, each of us individually mm -hmm. taking responsibility, but then, collectively it, it is like especially with everything that's going on with with blm um rights and and movement it's like it still comes down to to white guys <laughs> deciding to change you know and yeah. to change the the construct so that it is a level playing field for all people men and women right and i think that's uh, something that we have an opportunity to do especially living in the united states you know, um, because it's like, we are all so blessed to live in the United States and to, to be able to have these conversations and to live free to an extent. Although we're also saying that a lot of people aren't living as free right. as you and I are privileged to, to live. And I think it's us to, to make that change for everyone. It's not only to allow, uh, our, our black brothers and sisters to, to live more on that level playing field, but for all of us, again, just to, to heal our internal pains and, and sufferings <laughs> that we all have dealt with, you know, in our own ways, we all have yeah. our own, you know, lineage so that, so that we can, like I said, you know, prop up the next generation um, and, and let them truly live 
from a place where they're not only succeeding in life, but they're deeply fulfilled. And I think that's the most important legacy that we could leave, you know? I love that, man. If I could just say one thing in closing as well, like when you speak freedom, like you, you did make a point that that is relative, right? It can yeah. be um, some people experiencing it and others not. I think what it comes down to is freedom in the heart and freedom in the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think if we all live in that place without uh, that limiting structure of beliefs or limiting um, sense of being open and we are coming from a place of expanded heart and expanded mind and, and not being um, not being caged by either that's where true transformation is available and for us to really connect and to come together as one. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't think of a better way to wrap Love it, dude. Love it, man. Love you, bro. Love you too, brother. Thank you for being a part of this. Wookie, who's here saying hello to me. Look. <laughs> uh, good yeah. dog. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, would love to hear your feedback as always. What things do you uh, resonate with? What do you agree with? What don't you agree with? Uh, always looking to, to level up. So until next time, have an amazing day. Thanks again, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback, and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.